Hey, podcast listener. Do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in bigger than ever for season nine. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today. Before a song is released, a record is produced, or a chorus is written, the musicians that write them think a lot. They live a lot, and they feel a lot. Before the chorus dives into the stories and experiences that shape these artists, and ultimately, the music we hear. I'm your host, Sophia Lopercaro, and this episode's guest is Palace. Palace are a London-based indie four-piece. Their third full-length album, Shoals, is a meditation on fear, something we all struggle to come to terms with. Backed by an ethereal soundtrack, frontman Leo Wyndham takes us through his journey towards befriending the unknown. From his first interactions with fear to finding solace in human connection. This album, I know I read a little bit of this, but just kind of wanted to get into it anyway. It's definitely a really big, beautiful arc. Um, and it seems to be just your journey of coming to know and accepting fear throughout your life. Is that fair mm-hmm. to say? Yeah, I think so. I think, um, I think I've all, uh, with I've, I've I've had a sort of big, a long old journey with fear. I grew up being a very like fearful child. I always think of be- growing up and being very scared of like the world and scared of people and just things. And I've sort of carried a lot of that fear into adulthood. And you know, I think with fear, people sort of bury a lot of that fear, and we don't have a chance to sort of confront it. And I think through sort of the pandemic and the beginning of the pandemic and the lockdowns, I had a chance to do that. So yeah, a lot of it is about that confrontation in a way. Hmm. That definitely makes sense. I mean, even just going into the verse, the first song, Never Said It Was Easy, it very hmm. much feels like, again, the intro to fear. You know, it starts very much in childhood and those first sort of, again, meetings with what fear is you know definitely absolutely yeah i think it's i think the world can, you know can be a frightening place and uh, i've always been a very like sensitive sort of individual and uh a sponge to like other people's sort of problems and and emotions and things so when you're like a real sensitive person and a bit of a sponge sometimes life can be quite sort of tricky to navigate you know and uh trying to navigate through your your own fears as well and and all these things it just can be so complicated you know yeah you're definitely carrying a few extra loads on your back i'm speaking from experience because i'm very much the same way yeah, it's a weird, it's such a weird thing, isn't it? It's strange being like that. And I've, I, I don't know if you're the same, but I've always been like that. I've been like that since I was a kid. You, I'm not. How? Are you, what about you? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's kind of. I think it comes from a weird mix of like needing approval from other people and also mm-hmm. being empathetic. Um, I don't know if you know anything about Enneagrams, but I, it's a. I think you should definitely check it out. It's similar to the Myers Briggs test, so you know, like ENFP, INFJ, or yeah. So there's nine numbers, so nine types of personalities, 
and number two which is the one that i am is called the caretaker or the helper and it's very much that it's people that are empaths it's people that have a need to take care of other people sometimes out of accidentally selfish reasons if uh, you needing yeah other people to need you kind mm -hmm. of but it's also out of needing to care for other people so check it out yeah. i wouldn't be surprised if you're a two i think i'm gonna be a two yeah that's so interesting and and like yeah it's a weird thing isn't it sometimes you can do it for reasons of also like weird reasons of feeling like am i like a people pleaser as well am i trying to sort of like you know am i i i look i want to do that care i i sponge because i and i want to help people because i care about them but then also like is part of it because you want them to like you and it's all these sort of confusing things it's it's a strange thing really but yeah mm -hmm. my mind is uh can be a bit of a minefield sometimes again very much understand that also i was gonna go somewhat in order but i want to take a small tangent to fade mm -hmm. because fade is definitely exactly about what we're talking about right now yeah definitely and um fade is i've always had a very strange i think it's part of the reason the fear i think sort of plays into this i've always had a very massive fear of uh, my health and my body and like my dying essentially and I've always had a sort of health anxiety strange sort of relationship with that stuff and it's got a lot better but there have been times when I sort of uh, was been around people who have been very sort of sick and very ill and, and sort of people I know and um, seen people sort of um die and things like that so I've been around sort of death and that kind of stuff and I think partly that sort of led into this fear about my own sort of mortality and so I just ha I've had a very strange relationship with that and then your brain can convince you that things are wrong with you and that you're feeling things that you're not necessarily feeling and then it's this weird vicious circle so yeah fade is about the idea of like fading away and it's this release of this feeling of just like being so fed up with being scared you know scared of that stuff mm -hmm. yeah and it's interesting that you mentioned health stuff because i was kind of picking up on that from some lines in never said it was easy and fade like especially yeah. like stuff about like the stomach and like mm. things like that i noticed that's cool that a you couple picked times. up on that yeah, yeah i love that you picked up on that no one else has said anything about that because that's i was i've I had lots of operations on my stomach when I was a kid, when I was like, I mean, it's another reason I think I have this health fears because when I was like 11 and then 15, I had op big operations on my stomach. I had stomach problems and I have like a scar of my stomach that's like right up the middle, like like long scar. And, and it just scared me so much. And I remember think feeling, having that feeling of like, feeling like I was going to die and feeling so scared and, and so I think maybe part of it's also that, but that's really cool. You picked up on that. And also, I don't know if you can relate to this, but a lot of people sort of feel that I, I feel when I feel scared and anxious, I feel it in my stomach more than yep. anywhere else. You know, and, you're, and you're, you discover that your brain and your stomach are just completely connected. And, you know, it, and, and people just forget that your body and mind are, and not you know they're not these they're two separate things and actually it's just all connected and and i feel a lot of my pain and a lot of my fear in my stomach you know it's weird i am very much the same in fact so fun little fact 
or not fun fact. Um, I have OCD and depression, and I also have mm. IBS, and the two are, or the three are very much connected. It's crazy stuff, though, isn't it? The body and the mind and all these things are like, you know, I've just, I'm just learning. I've been learning so much more about that stuff over the past like few years, and yeah, I'm just like trying to work out how, where all these feelings and and pains in your body and all these things sort of come from, you know. Yeah, and it's amazing when you talk to other people and realize like how many bizarre ways fear manifests both in the mind and the body. Because I mean, as cliche as it is to say, like, you know, we're not alone, but until you actually vocalize to someone like, hey, when I feel fear, I get this weird sensation, or I have these types of thoughts in my head, you often find that other people have equally as irrational feeling experiences as you. Definitely. I think people are, you know, there is people are still also, I find, um, scared to talk about a lot of these things. And they're sort of still, there's sort of, it feels like a sort of taboo thing still to talk about you, people's feelings and talking about this stuff and really going there and feeling embarrassed or ashamed of feeling scared of things. And, and I don't know, certainly with me, talking to people has always been something that's really helped me you know, mm-hmm. massively. Speaking of which, is that at all what shame on you is about? Because that's one of the ones that kind of tripped me up a bit. I was trying to figure out its meaning, and that's kind of one of the only things I could pull from it. Yeah, kind of. I mean, with that one, it's sort of about when I've sort of... uh, I've often did this thing when I was younger where I sort of... uh, The things and fears I could see in myself that I didn't like or parts of myself I didn't like, I sort of had this way of transferring them onto other people and seeing them like in like an ex-girlfriend. I remember just sort of put, trying to deflect feelings of um, parts of myself I didn't like and seeing them in other people and seeing them in her and sort of putting the blame elsewhere and then realizing that the things you're sort of putting on them are your own things, you know? Um, so it's the idea was this sort of shame on you and the blame, you know, the blame's on you, but actually we're the same, you know. And I'm, 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 what I'm seeing in you is actually what I'm seeing in myself, you know. Mm, okay, that definitely makes sense. And I think the sort of reverse of that, I guess the like healthy self-realization of that comes up later in the album, but I want to get back to that later. Specifically yeah, sure. because I didn't get to say this at the beginning, but I've kind of blocked the album out into three sections. So we're going mm-hmm. sort of in like chronological chunk so i kind of call section one like introduction to fear and it's like a lot of the sort of you know various experiences or frustrations with the world as they're coming up and then section two is sort of falling in love and everything in this sort of like three song middle which again we'll get into more and then section four is where things start to become more accepting. So obviously we're still in section one right now. There's a couple yeah. more songs I want to touch on and then we're going to keep going. But another one now I guess we'll go right into is gravity. Gravity mm. is definitely a lot of, you know, the ills of the modern world, you know, lack of connection, lack of substance. I'm sure it's something that we, yeah. I mean, it's something we definitely all feel outside of this. I'm a social media manager and I have a very love hate wow. relationship with social media. So I it's it's a very bizarre one and i i definitely would love to hear you talk more about your i guess your individual view on it and your individual feelings yeah i mean with that stuff to be honest i was talking to my brothers about that kind of stuff yesterday i have two brothers and my 
younger brother has just moved to Wales into the middle of nowhere and he now lives in a place where there is no reception and there's nothing so he can't even use a phone or have internet and has no connection to the modern world and he says his mental health has just grown and he's a happier person and he's like literally and it sort of sums it up really I think I have a big fear of even though I think I'm addicted to it I'm addicted to my phone and to social media and all that crap like everyone else is like I, I I know it doesn't help me. And I think that seeped into a lot of the songs, my fear of where the world is turning. And um, I think the thing, the things that make me happy in life are nature and the outdoors and the beauty of the natural world. And, and that's really like where I feel my sense of calm and, you know, is a happy place for me. And, and I think with all this, the new technology and all this stuff and phones and everything, it just frightens me, you know, really, really, really scares me. And um, that's in it's, that's in there a little bit in, in gravity, but gravity is also, also sort of to do with my, I have sort of, uh, I don't know if you ever have this. I, I have used to have really bad, like sort of existential fears of sort of purpose and um <laughs> yeah of, i'll take that as a yes yeah and, and fears of um just like in real like insignificance of like you know what i'm doing here and realizing that these things in life that we think are sort of big moments and significant things in the grand scheme are just like nothing and we're just specks and time and space and 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 they would give me this great sort of unbelievable fear and like agoraphobia of how huge and vast everything is and and um and just scare me so much and i would sort of lie in bed at night thinking about that kind of stuff so yeah it just freaks me out basically so that's what gravity is mainly about you know sometimes when we're like sitting in a rehearsal room and we're rehearsing for a gig and i feel like everything in life feels so significant in these big moments, but then you, then you look at the vastness of time and space and all these things. And you're like, I am nothing, you know, I'm literally, what I'm doing is just a moment, you know, it's, I don't know. Anyway, it's really <laughs> scary. And uh, I read like books about it and stuff like that. And it's like crazy. Anyway, you can go, you can get in the wormhole and sometimes you just need to climb out. Oh, I know. Well, I guess, I mean, the last song that I want to go through in this sort of section one, if you will, is Give Me the Rain. Yeah. And my guess, and I'm going to tell you what I kind of understood it as, and which is kind of what I do on this podcast, and you can obviously yeah. tell me what it's actually about. It made me think of how, like, similar to the concept of if you judge yourself first or you kind of hurt yourself first other people can't hurt you it's almost like this sort of safer version of melancholy so that way you don't have to like confront external fear as much i don't know if that's yeah close it's not far off actually at all i think it sort of is an element of that because i can relate to that actually that idea massively but it's it's sort of about like i feel like in my life the moments when I've sort of grown the most and and have found a sort of level up in a way is after I've been through like a lot of pain and been through um, sort of intense shifts in my life of hitting a sort of certain like rock bottom in some way uh, and whatever that might have been that moment. I felt like those are the moments where I um, 
I, it made me sort of feel alive in a weird way. And I think in terms of like experiencing pain, even though it's, uh, it's not sort of a nice thing really, but it's, it's almost made me feel like my, my blood is like pumping and made me feel like I exist and I'm, um, I'm, a, I'm breathing and living and, um, just was, is an important thing in my life to like, uh, have that sort of reality of life sometimes. So it's almost like, give me the rain. It's like, give me the pain, basically. It's give me, I need these, these, these feelings. I need these sort of like shifts and moments in life to help me grow and to make me feel alive and make me feel, help me find a sense of happiness and a sense of learning and, and yeah, it's so funny. Like they're all the things that have made me who I am today, you know, whatever, whatever they all are, like they're things that have made me, I think a better person and um, a happier person and, um, and I need them. And that's the weird thing, you know, that's a strange thing. Mm -hmm. So in a way it's kind of, I guess a song that's a little more accepting, especially compared to the songs that came before it. Definitely. It's, just, it's, it's sort of seeing, the uh, that that you do need it but it's also acknowledging that it's like it's a little bit sort of masochistic almost sometimes like there have been times in my life where i sort of wanted to experience sort of emotional pain you know like almost like wanting to be sort of like hurt just so i can feel like i'm alive you know and almost seeking out things that will moments and situations that will give me a certain feeling so I can feel like I'm alive in a weird way. But um, so it's a sort of healthy and unhealthy thing in a strength. It's a healthy and unhealthy like relationship in a weird way. Mm -hmm. It can very much manifest in both ways or both at the same time. Sometimes that's definitely it. it's a funny 100%. one. Yeah. Well, on that note, we're going to move on to section number two or again, as Ooh. I'm as I'm defining yeah. it, not necessarily no, like as it. you define it. Um, yeah. But we have three songs here that are, I mean, very sweet, obviously. And I kind of call them, it's like the, like, I want this person song, I got this person song, and then the one that's a little more, like, afraid of, am I going to be able to keep this person? Yeah. In a sense. Um, so starting with Friends Forever, it's actually... You know, even before I get into the song itself, I find it very interesting that these three songs are literally at the heart of the album. And I'm wondering if that's intentional, if there's a reason for that. I think it is. I think that's a good, that's a good spot because I think, um, I think it's a sort of nod to the fact that, you know, as cheesy as it sounds, I, and I hate even saying this, but that love has been like something that's always... Um, sort of it's almost a sort of reminder that love and, and companionship is something that makes you feel like can make you feel like sort of life is worth living and that life is there to be sort of juiced and and that there are things that can sort of help you heal and help you understand and help you to be better and it's a sort of acknowledgement of that actually that the the, the beauty in life uh and comfort of sort of love and companionship. Mm -hmm. And are the three songs all about like one person and all necessarily in a romantic sense or are they like Friends Forever, for example? Is that about one person or is that just, again, more the general concept of friendship, of love, of companionship, of... I think it's, yeah, 
I think it's about it's that one is sort of it's yeah it's sort of very much based on my on my girlfriend but it's but it goes to a wider thing so it's it's this sort of feeling that sometimes I get I can get where you know you're so in love and you're so together as a couple but then it's also just you you're sort of companions and it's almost just the companionship and like the idea of having a sort of soulmate and and someone that you are just side by side with in life that's sort of more than more than sort of love and romance it's like another sort of level up in a way it's this um intensity that sort of covers friendship and romance and soul connection and all these sort of other things that's just stronger than any relationship in a way mm. yeah that, this is really sweet um <laughs> but yeah uh well that leads very well into killer whale which also has that same sort of feeling like it's very much like now i have this person in my life and when i think of the name killer whale it immediately makes me think of moby dick i don't know if that's at all yeah. accurate it's kind that's of this idea it's this idea of something that's impossible to catch and yet somehow you've managed to find yeah. this impossible yeah. thing. I love that. That's so, that's pretty much spot on. It's like, it's just, uh, when I sort of wrote that song, came up with it, started with this sort of like reverse guitar sound that was, I always let the sort of music influence what the song is about in a way, like it dictates the feeling and it sort of made me think of something it felt romantic and it felt like a weird sort of form of like love or something but it felt like it was a moving like breathing like animal or something and for some reason it made me think of like something majestic and like beautiful like a killer whale and i just liked the idea that the killer whale was just the symbol of this sort of love and this feeling and this capturing of this um capturing of this sort of thing that just uh symbolize this symbolizes a sort of feeling and uh celebration of that sort of feeling in a way mm -hmm. i also kind of like the idea of i guess thinking of it as like this you know big imposing presence because obviously a killer whale is a large animal in the face of it's gonna sound really cheesy but the ocean of life if you will it's sort Hopefully. of like you know, That's even true. though life is big and scary, there are things that are just as big and meaningful that allow us to navigate through it as well. Definitely. And that's it. I think that's where, you know, the ocean, that's the role in, in within this the whole album. It does, it plays the part of the mind and life and the mystery of all of these sort of things, you know, and, and, and so it felt very fitting to have something like a killer whale represent this this sort of love this feeling that's sort of just soaring through it in a way yeah now going to the next song um as i mentioned earlier in the interview i said like shame on you sort of seems to have like a reverse and for me that is lover don't let me down because at the end of the song it's very much you realizing a lot of these fears and worries about my partnership are in my head it's kind of the again Back it's the song where you're catching yourself doing all the things that you were talking about on shame on you yeah totally and it's um it's a sort of acknowledging self-sabotage you know it's like um it's sort of yeah it's like realizing it's projections and i've always been someone who's just 
um, projected a lot of my own fears, you know, and and found problems in found problems in certain things, and 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 in a similar way to the "Give Me the Rain" and sort of masochistic ways where I'm looking for things to sort of hurt myself, and I've done that in relationships, and um, and then can sort of put that on other people in a strange way, you know, and 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 in an angry sort of um, um, angry sort of way, I can just really almost self-sabotage um, this love that I found. I have had moments in life where I've had the thing that I want, you know, had this feeling and that's been a life-changing thing. And then in a weird way, I'm subconsciously sort of trying to, with my brain and my fears, I'm trying to sort of take it down in some strange way. And I don't know what it is. And but really believing in these things that I see in the relationship and really believing these problems um, that are sort of manifesting in my mind. And then the idea is that at the end of it, it's catching it and realizing it's all in my head. And so the end is like the mantra of the song is like, which is, which is what I've done lots of times in my life. It's just been like said to myself over and over again, it's all in my head, it's all in my head, it's all in my head as a sort of way of just like helping you sort of snap out of this feeling of like finding uh you're letting your anxieties and fears get the better of you and so in, in a sense maybe it's the start of sort of regrowth you know and rebirth or something absolutely and also it's funny like this kind of goes back to what i was mentioning earlier i think with I forget if it was with it was with give me the rain this idea of like if you find the door out or you find a pain that you can control, essentially, it doesn't give the other person the opportunity to hurt you in a way that you can't control. No, it's so true. I know. Yeah. It's it's so true. It's a, it's, a, it's a very funny thing, isn't it? It's crazy. Mm -hmm. The mind. It's such a fun thing. Oh, now, my God. It's a roller coaster. Literally a party every day. Um, yes. It's a good party or a bad party is... Yeah. It varies. Um, but going now into, again, the sort of self-dubbed section three, which is, I guess, overall finding more and more acceptance. And it's nice that we're kind of leading into it off of Lover Don't Let Me Down, which is, you know, finding some of this acceptance. But before we kind of really dive into these feelings of more acceptance, we have Sleeper. And Sleeper kind of is more like it's literally wishing to be a kid again. It's, you know, missing, like, not having to be in control of your life and having someone else be in control of your life. And Exactly. Yeah. No, that, that's spot on. I think it's also, it's almost like a sort of um, dive into a sort of dream, dream state. Like, I've always had... Um, I've always had a really weird relationship with sleep and I was like, I just couldn't sleep when I was younger and like, and actually till a few years ago, I also couldn't sleep. So just uh, would just endlessly sort of stay up at night. And if I did sleep, I'd have weird dreams and fears and I would like sleepwalk and sleep talk and just a mental sleeper, like insane. And it's got a lot better over the years, but like that song is again, just diving into that sort of, um, the sort of subconscious fearful brain of just like and and wanting things to be um 
it's it's also very much about like the, in that state of sleep um, just those fears of the modern day and modern technology and all these things again that scare me and just frighten me and that I can lay awake at night thinking about and wanting to be a child wanting to feel the safety like there's a lyric I want to be a backseat child I was and, just about to mention that line yeah <laughs> and like I want to be in the back of the feeling of when I was a child and I was in the back of a car with my mum and dad in the car with my brothers and and I you feel safe you know and you feel like um and when you get older and you're out in the big wide world it can feel scary and frightening and there are moments when I want to experience that feeling of feeling safe again and safe from my own brain so I think it's um when things can suddenly feel better for me and settled and I've had a sort of breakthrough, it can also suddenly dip again. And in those moments, I'm just like, I wish life was more sort of simple, you know? Um, it's it's a panicky song. It's very, it represents a lot of panic I felt in my life. Yeah, absolutely felt that. And I mean, I've had that exact feeling. Like I said, I want to be a backseat child really, really stood out to me as a line because you know, when I was going through my depression, it was also right after I graduated from uni, which is always a weird time. Like, yeah, I massively right felt that way. You know, it's like yeah. all of a sudden that that cushion of university is gone and it literally just makes you want to crawl back to childhood and be like, nope, I don't want to deal with. Totally. You want to like just be in a fetus position and have your mum or your dad just like rub your back or something. You know? Yeah. It's crazy. I know I can relate to that a lot. Yeah. So again, that one definitely hit home massively. But again, going back into things like it's, it, I guess it's kind of like our our final vent, if you will, before we get into mm. the part of the album that's really, truly like getting into acceptance, kind of pulling up my stuff here. Like, yeah. Because next we have salt and salt kind of goes back to this idea of mutual support. And, yeah. you know, it's like, yes, there's a lot in life that you have to navigate, but there's people that you can lean on and care for and be cared for by. Yeah, I think salt is about sort of um, it's about sort of trust as well and trying to find that trust with uh, with your partner, you know, trying to. Uh, believe in that sort of trust that you are together and you're a sort of unit and um, and not always trying to put salt in wounds you know that's that was the sort of idea of salt and and that I'm beside you as you're beside me is a sort of again is a sort of mantra thing just trying to sort of um, repeat that and I've had that said to me before you know and and it's just about trying to trust myself and trust myself with uh with other people and and um and, and sort of grow in that sense mm -hmm. yeah and i mean obviously that's a really important thing like we talked about it earlier with friends forever like being able to find that connection and find that love and support is what makes all the weird stuff bearable totally it's like it can be essential in a way and um yeah it's just it, it can it can help a lot you know for sure mm -hmm. well we're gonna get to the last two songs now of course now we have the title track of the record which is shoals and knowing that from what i had read that the reason that the album is called shoals is because shoals of fish move in very weird and mm. unpredictable ways just as life does just as the things that we're afraid of do, you know, we can't control them. And 
the word shoals literally becomes like a meditation at the end of the song. So yeah. for me, that feels like the kind of most big picture acceptance of unpredictability exactly. on the record. Yeah, you've na- you've nailed it. That's it. That's um, it's sort of specifically there on the album because it is about an acknowledgement, learning to acknowledge um, all the sort of strange uh ways one's brain can sort of navigate and 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 in a way it's navigation of the ocean you know it's navigation of the sea is the navigation of the mind and and it's just this thing of acceptance and being accepting of the ferocity of and the sort of equally the tenderness of the mind and and that we're unpredictable creatures and the mind is an as a mysterious and unpredictable place and I think this sort of repeating of shoals is just uh, a sort of like confrontation and acknowledgement of fear and almost sort of in a strange way, sort of befriending it by accepting it, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And now you would initially think that that would be a great way to end the album because you think that that's a good way to sort of, if you're looking at the album, yeah. it's almost like an arc, but there is another song. And in its own way, I think it completes the arc in an even better way and that song is when sky where sky becomes sea and the reason i think that is because whereas never said it was easy doesn't quite deal with birth but very much deals with the beginning of life the beginning of interactions with fear where sky becomes sea deals with death and so you're very much going from whether intentionally or not a beginning to an end yeah exactly and that is it it's um it's it's also just again it's this feeling of acknowledging that at some point we are going to die and that and that death it can be a beautiful thing as well and for all our fears and you know my own fears with dying and death and mortality and all these things and the fears we go through at some point everybody is going to die and i think someone said to me once that um you know if birth is a beautiful thing why does death have to be doesn't can't death be a beautiful thing why is it death in our culture is so so, such a sort of morbid and dark thing and other cultures it's celebrated and it's beautiful you know and i think i think it's just a sort of not acknowledgement that there is something uh some we will become something and we will go somewhere and i think in i believe that you know maybe as cheesy as it sounds that maybe when we die we just you know, turn into like, uh, we become a part of nature and we become a part of the sea and the trees and, and, um, you know, the beauty of the natural world. And we're sort of like taken back to our sort of roots. And so there's a sort of purity and, and a beautiful sort of, um, image in that, which I sort of think is a lovely thing. And, and in, in a sense that sort of settles my, mind and, and and helps me sort of conquer a lot of my fears and the things I worry about mm-hmm. and then of course there's this sort of partner piece of this this idea of like me and my person will find each other again in this and even if it's in a new form you know we'll still be together in some shape or form and that's obviously a very sweet beautiful way to end the record yeah I think so I think that's as also came from um my girlfriend once said to me she was like you know when we die like we'll 
when you die are you separated from the person you love or do you like when you both die do you sort of, do you connect again some someday in another place like is there something that happens to you whatever that is like where what what happens and it was just this idea that we like that when you sort of die you you are reconnected in some form in some way and whether that's you're both you become part of your surroundings and you become part of rivers and you know the ocean and trees or something it's just nice to think that you end up sort of connected in some very pure sort of form you know i don't know shoals is available now wherever you normally get your music this podcast is hosted edited and produced by myself sophia lobercaro and the artwork is by meg wilford <laughs>